Welcome to Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer, where cancer survivors, caregivers, and others touched by cancer share their stories. The Max Mallory Foundation presents this podcast in honor and memory of Max Mallory, who died at age 22 from testicular cancer. I'm your host, Joyce Lofstrom, a young adult and adult cancer survivor, and Max's mom. So hi, this is Joyce, and with me today is Grant O'Gorman. He is a testicular cancer survivor. He's also a an athlete, uh, a beach volleyball athlete that will have um, some information to share with us about his career. But first, I'd just like to introduce and welcome Grant. So thank you for being with me today. Thanks for having me, Joyce. So why don't you um, begin, just tell us your story, anything you'd like to share, and I'll turn it over to you. Well, my name's Grant O'Gorman. Um, I'm a professional volleyball player for Team Canada Beach Volleyball. Uh, and last year I had found out that I had testicular cancer and I got surgery to get it removed. Um, yeah, and I'm healthy now, I'm happy now, and things are okay. So can you tell us a little bit about your just the journey with the cancer, how you found it, what you did? So in 2019, in the summer, I was playing in the World Championships in Hamburg, Germany, and uh, my nipple felt a little weird. I thought maybe I dove for a ball and scratched it on the sideline or something um, and didn't really think too much of it. And then a, a month later, I noticed my nipple was getting a bit bigger, and I squeezed it out of curiosity and some liquid came out uh, mm. and I, I knew this probably wasn't okay but it didn't really affect my play so I didn't care that much about it but when I told my uh, fiance Isabella about it she told me to go to the doctor right away um, and you know it took a couple of months to figure out what was going on actually five or six and then uh, they found out it was testicular cancer so what happened then so once I found out it was testicular cancer, I scheduled surgery for three weeks from that day, and uh, I got it removed. And that's good. I mean, that's uh, kind of the the big step I think all the young men with testicular cancer have to face and then act on. I know you had some choices in terms of um, the next step in your treatment. Can you tell us what you chose and why? Yeah, so they offered uh, chemotherapy or radiation or just surveillance. And because I'm so young, um, the chemotherapy and radiation would have harmful effects later in my life, no matter what. But the surveillance, uh, I could, you know, not have any effects. I could just monitor it. And if it comes back, then, then we change the course of action. But it was the right choice for me. Yeah, and I think that's important because um, there's so many stages of any cancer, including testicular cancer. So you were lucky in that you were able to choose that. And as you said, just go on and watch it and see what happens. And if you need to do something else, you know, you will. Exactly. So tell us a little bit about your career as a, a professional beach volleyball player and, you know, any thoughts that you have on how this diagnosis affected just your thoughts about your career or what could happen? Well, I've been playing and representing for, I've been representing Canada since 2010. And I found out about this testicular cancer in 2020. So I've already been playing for a long time. Mm. And I've been established on the world tour, but uh, I was actually fortunate that 
you know, the tour stopped because of the coronavirus. So I was allowed to take a year off to recover, uh, which was great for me. But during the process of finding out and doing the surgery, all I thought to myself is, let me play again. Let me be strong still. Let me do what I love to do. Let me survive. Uh, I didn't know the severity of the testicular cancer. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a very scary and uncertain time for me. I can imagine. And um, I think that's an experience that many of us uh, cancer survivors have uh, felt as well. Um, you mentioned that you were able to take a year off due to the virus. I think uh, that's probably a, a lucky thing that happened uh, for you. So I'm glad that you were able to have that year and continue. Well, we were trying to qualify for the Tokyo Olympics last year, and then they got postponed to 2021. Uh, so now I actually have a chance to, to potentially go. Whereas last year, I wouldn't have been able to recover in time. Well, let's just segue to that for a moment. Tell us about what that's what's going on with that, what you have to do to qualify and when it's, what is it happening and so forth? Yeah. So the Tokyo Olympics is at the end of July. Um, our best qualification chance is in Mexico in, uh, in June. And we need to win that tournament with another Canadian team. And then if Canada wins that, then we play the other Canadian team in Olympic uh, trial. And the winner of that goes to Tokyo. So now the tournaments I'm going to are, basically preparation for that big event called the Continental Cup. Okay. Well, um, I wish you good luck on that too. That sounds pretty. So there's two Canadian teams, it sounds like. So one of the teams will go. Yeah. Well, we have to win that tournament right. to beat the okay. other teams. Yeah. Tell us about what do you think your biggest challenge was during your whole cancer journey? Huh. Well, my cancer journey was different. Um, I feel like I was lucky because I caught it early. And, but also it was difficult because of the coronavirus. I couldn't see family. I couldn't see many friends. Mm. Um, we didn't have much help. It was just a, a tough situation. How about Bella? Because I know just reading about you and Bella and watching your YouTube videos, which I think are really uh, very welcoming and, and fun to watch, she was very influential in just getting to the doctor and being with you throughout the treatment. Can you talk about that a little bit with us? Yeah, well, being an athlete, I always feel strong, like a superhero. And uh, like I said, the nipple didn't affect my performance at all. So I didn't think too much about it. If I can still play it, then I'm, I'm healthy. But she said, no, we got to figure this out. She pushed me to go and I wouldn't have gone without her. And um, I'm very thankful. And um, sometimes I say she saved me. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably true, just getting there in time, because I know the other young men I've talked with, this cancer moves very rapidly, and so waiting is dangerous. So I'm, I'm glad that you were able to get there. Um, one of my questions was around the genetics of cancer, and I think, you know, I'm always the kind of person is I want to know why this happened to me or why this happened to my son, Max. And I know you have... Uh, somewhat of a genetic, uh, I'll, I'll say link, but that's not the right word, uh, genetic history, I guess, in your family with your dad. Can you talk a little bit about just that and what you think about the genetic possibility? Uh, both my parents um, dealt mm -hmm. with cancer and have passed. Um, 
But actually, last week I went to a geneticist. Oh, and, good. Uh, yeah. We did all the, we did all the tests, and they said uh, there was no issues with my my genes to pass on. You know, likelihood of getting cancer. It was just sort of a random event. So. Yeah, that's a good thing for me. Well, you know, that's interesting, Grant, because I have done that too. I've been to a geneticist and uh, I think it's um, it's worth doing. Can you just tell listeners about the process? It's pretty much a conversation, isn't it? When you go to a geneticist about, they ask questions about your background and your family history. Yeah, the geneticist does a, a family map. They see where things could be linked. And then they also do, uh, I think it was a blood test that I did. Um, and they checked my DNA. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's good then. So that answers that question. Yeah. I guess one of my questions too, I always ask the people I talk with is what advice do you have for anyone, any young man who might be listening and thinks that he might have testicular cancer or it's going through treatment? You know, it's a, it's a very vulnerable, vulnerable part of your body. Um, and it's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's nothing to be shy about. It's it's your health. It's your life. You need to take care of it. If something's off, go see a doctor. There's no reason to be embarrassed or shy. Yep, I agree. Um, I know, too, you've been active with uh, Movember and giving back <clears throat> to the, build awareness about testicular cancer. Can you tell us a little bit about some of your activities with that? Uh, well, I reached out to them a couple months after my surgery and told them my situation and asked if I can, if I can help, you know, put their logo on my shorts or, you know, do some public speaking or anything like that. And I'm working with them. We're trying to figure out what the best uh, situation is uh, right now in Brazil. So I can't do much, but uh, I look forward to that, uh, that partnership. I think that's wonderful that that you are doing that and you know are taking the time to uh, work with them and give back. So I congratulate you on that. So my last question, you kind of answered it. You told us a little bit about your next step with the uh, Olympic trials, but what's what's next for you? What, what's ahead in your life and anything you want to share? Yeah. So right now I'm in Rio de Janeiro. I'm uh, training here for three weeks, and then I'll be going to Cancun, Mexico, for about a month. Mm-hmm. Um, the world tour is having three back-to-back tournaments uh, so the athletes don't have to travel it'll be called the cancun bubble and that will be the uh, where all the best teams in the world are preparing for the olympics basically do you know if those games will be televised they'll probably be on youtube okay um, yeah no i'm only asking because i think uh, we may all want to watch it so um, we'll yeah. check that out Oh. I think there's actually uh, two other players in the world tour that have had testicular cancer. Really? Yeah. Yeah. One's American, Jake Gibb, and the other one I'm not sure exactly. I haven't spoken to him because the language barrier is all tough. But, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh well, that's good to know then too. To I guess be thinking of them, but maybe reach out to them as well. So yeah. What yeah. does Jake play? He plays for the USA. Okay. For vo- what? Volleyball. Beach volleyball. Oh, beach volleyball. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay. He plays in the same tournaments as me. And actually, what, when I was going through my process of getting the surgery, I actually called Jake and he uh, he helped me out. Told him he told me what happened with him, and it made me feel a little more comfortable. Oh, that's wonderful. I think that kind of uh, networking and conversation is what um, helps anybody, no matter what situation you're in. So, 
Well, I think I was going to ask just a kind of, um, uh, I was going to say just interesting question, but you know, I, I have watched a lot of beach volleyball and I, can you just talk about how you, I guess, got into that, but it looks very difficult to play on the sand. I mean, I think, it, and I'm not an athlete by any means. So can you just share a little bit about that? Just, well, I think any sports, um, can be difficult if you train a lot then it gets easier and okay. i've trained a lot i have to yeah. put many hours into it um but how it started was uh i loved playing volleyball in elementary school and uh i ended up putting up a volleyball net in my front yard and my friends would come over and we'd play all the time and uh just because we played more than other kids like we were we were pretty good and our middle school we ended up doing pretty well at the provincial championships. And I thought, Oh, maybe I could play volleyball like more seriously. And I joined a club volleyball team and, and that team actually was one of the best teams in the country for that age. And it just propelled me to be good at indoor volleyball. And one of my coaches uh, was actually trying to go to the Olympics for beach volleyball in 2008, Aaron Cadu. And uh, he pushed us all to go to the beach. Uh, he said it's a, it'll help your indoor game. It's, it's a great atmosphere. There's girls or guys, whatever you want. Uh, and uh, so I did that. And I would take the bus to the beach all the time with my buddies. And it just kept going and kept going. And then I made the national team. And then, yeah, just now it's my job. Yeah, wow. Well, that's wonderful. Well, yeah. Grant, I really thank you for joining me today and taking the time and i know you're busy with your training and so um i appreciate it and we'll be watching um and hope you come back sometime down the road just to tell us more about what you're doing with you know raising awareness for testicular cancer yeah well, well thanks for having me I, I would love to come back and i'm happy that you're doing this great work to spread awareness thank you Thanks so much for joining me today on Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer from the Max Mallory Foundation. We have a website and it's at maxmalloryfoundation.com where you can learn more about testicular cancer, donate, and also send your ideas for guests on the podcast. And for spelling, Mallory is M-A-L-L-O-R-Y. Please join me next time for Don't Give Up on Testicular Cancer.